0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, folks, it's Matt Zachary, and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast, Out of Patience, right here on the Offscript Network.
1: Hey, I'm Alura Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth.
0: Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID
1: the door. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share
0: your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn.
1: All right, Matt, let's get at it. Matt, hello from all the way in South Jersey.
0: Uh, Hello from all the way in South Manhattan.
1: (laughs) So listen, I'm going to level with you. We have a lot of grim stuff to talk about today, and I'm going to need some help because you are... A person who I know I can rely on to help me look at either the bright side or like the more logical, reasonable side. So I'm going to call on that power of yours today. Can you help me?
0: You want me to help you focus on the bright side? Yes. Is
1: that All right. possible? How's that
0: working out for me?
1: So here's my update. <laughs> here's my, upda- What's my your update. update? Su- my your update sucks. Okay. So... I live, as you know, in like a nice little tight community over here in South Jersey, where I socialize with like the same 20 people all the time. And it's been really helpful during COVID because, you know, all of my friends are vaccinated. All of them are very COVID cautious. Um, All of them are very honest about what's going on with them COVID wise. So it, it adds for me a degree of kind of relaxation that I know I can be social with my people. And like everybody's on the same page as me. And it's something I really appreciate. And this week, my friends who are possibly the most COVID cautious of anyone I know, the people who are the driving force behind getting everyone vaccinated as fast as we can, one of them got COVID. And this guy that got COVID works from home, almost never leaves the house, but almost certainly got COVID from that swim meet I told you that I timed at last week. So despite the
0: fact that, they took every precaution, practically live in a sanitarium. Yes. But went to the swim event with a thousand people. Uh-huh. They still got sick.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, I, and we're talking like, you know, triple boosted, all that. Like everyone in the household is boosted. Now, I'll say this. The dad w- got sick. You know, I mean, he's not dying from COVID. He's not in the hospital. But he is pretty sick. Um, the wife tested negative. The children tested negative. So... um So, I mean, that's the situation. But, man, did it just fuck with everybody's plans and everybody's psyche. Because it's kind of like, of course, we know everyone is vulnerable to this illness. But these are people who are so cautious. And it just sucks that somebody in their family still got COVID.
0: I mean, is this really where, like, everyone just melts into the earth because there's nothing we can do?
1: I mean, there has to be something we can do. It's just, like, it's so annoying when you're hit with like oh i've been so careful and like still freaking got it you know of course now what's happening is that you know the doubters are like oh see the vaccines didn't do anything and of course the vaccines did a lot because now these people aren't worried that they're going to wind up in the hospital from covid so which is the most important point but it's like really frustrating so that's the headspace that i'm in going into today's episode all right so
0: that's your update but Yes, the the surge is back and mask mandates are back. And even if Omicron wasn't a thing, we'd probably still be dealing with this anyway.
1: Is that the situation? I'm like so frustrated. I I saw that the New York State governor, she announced Friday that masks are going to be required in all indoor public places unless the business at hand already has a vaccine requirement. Um, So, I mean, on the one hand, This actually makes me very comfortable because I like mask mandates because it makes me feel more comfortable because I generally wear a mask indoors, like in a store or something like that. So now this kind of equalizes it and says, all right, everybody's doing that. So that makes me feel good. But what makes me feel really bad is obviously the reason why we're reinstituting a mask mandate is because the numbers are a shit show. So
0: I'm reading here that the surge is especially pronounced in upstate New York which is accounted for nearly three-fourths of confirmed COVID-19 deaths since August. I mean, is it fair to assume that more people are unvaccinated
1: Oh, it's in upstate definitely New York? It's definitely fair to assume that, because upstate New York, from a sort of social and political standpoint, follows more of the trends of, like, the Midwest than of New York City. So, and I think the upstate New York vaccination rates are really low. So, yeah, I mean, that does make sense, but... At the same time, it's just like, oh, are we going back into this? Like, do I have to get my puzzles back out? Like, what is happening? puzzles,
0: yes. (laughs) I don't (laughs) want to. Should we start hoarding toilet paper and paper towels again?
1: I can't. I cannot hoard anything. Did you hoard things when it happened the first time? No,
0: we were the unhoarding. We couldn't even get anything. We were using, like... We were stealing shit from Jessica's office for like that one ply toilet paper and the, the brown paper towels. That the used toilet to wipe. paper that, yeah.
1: that feels like loose leaf. That. Yeah. yeah
0: It's like, why is this a thing?
1: <laughs> we didn't hoard toilet paper. Um, but <laughs> I Half did. a ply. I'm going really? to I did not buy extra toilet paper. But on the off chance that we were locked down, I did go out and buy a case of canned tomatoes, a whole bunch of pasta and a bunch of brownie mix.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Those
1: were my essentials. <laughs> So, yeah, we're going, I guess, I mean, are we going back there, though? Is that is that what this means, this mask mandate? Make me feel better. I'm looking to you to make me feel better.
0: I would like to believe that this country on either side of the political spectrum will never allow a lockdown again. And if that's the case, then we'll never have a lockdown and we'll just deal with this. But I I, I can't help but just be more apathetic to people that do not want to get vaccinated, even though that people that are vaccinated are getting Omicron. It's not that bad. And we can talk about the Omicron deaths and are they vaccinated? And we're back to this fucking stupid calculus again. I know,
1: it's so annoying. Uh, and I mean, Risk. Yeah, risk. And like, do you go out of the house or like, you know, all the people who are like, well, we can't shut down forever because that's terrible for a million other reasons. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just don't want to do this anymore. So you think that, w- that no matter what, we will not go back to a lockdown. I have a feeling that
0: if they go back to lockdown in this country, everyone will riot on either side.
1: Yeah, It'll be like the universal thing that pisses everybody off. Like even the people that were so cautious are going to be like, nope, not doing this again.
0: No, I'll lead the pitchforks for, for no lockdown. Like, fuck that. Like we we cannot do that again. That is never going to happen.
1: I mean, I'm pro- I mean, I guess looking back, part of the big um push for the lockdown initially was that there was so much unknown about the virus and there's a lot less unknown now we know how it's transmitted we're not washing the strawberries anymore we're not freaking out about surfaces as much so it's not like a complete mystery what's going on with this virus so that has to mean something right (laughs) even if it doesn't mean everything well i mean
0: This is the long pause.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a pregnant pause. You were supposed to be here to give me help.
0: I'm the anti-pregnant pause human being, and I'm I'm at a loss to chime in on this outside of the fact that I will get the only pitchfork that I know exists, which is in my father-in-law's shed at my wife's parents' house.
1: It's an actual pitchfork.
0: It's an actual pitchfork. <laughs>
1: you should. Are you going to take one of those pictures, like one of those American Gothic pictures? Can you do that for me? That would make I'm, me. Feel I'm going to go to the Christmas store and buy tiki's. You know, that would come in handy if we go back to the place where people are recreating great masterpiece artwork, great masterpieces of artwork. Did you do that? We did that.
0: Yeah, We totally did that.
1: Yeah. And that was actually one of my favorite things that came out of the lockdown. People just lost their shit and they were like, whatever, my family's in a Magritte painting now. (laughs) (laughs) We did the one, we did the one where, um... It wasn't all of us. It was just my husband. But we did the one where, where the guy is painting an egg, but he's looking at an egg, but painting a picture of a bird. It's like fa- <laughs> It's like a famous piece of surreal art. I love it. How did it. we get into this? <laughs> I don't know. These were boring COVID activities? <laughs> it was when it was too icy for Pickleball. We recreated artwork. That's fantastic. That's why. Do you see why I can't go back there? I can't. Matt, I can't go back there.
0: <laughs> no. Again, I reiterate, I, I know the location of a pitchfork. Okay. And I will lead the brigade of aging Jewish disgruntled <laughs> fans of science fiction and band camp. Okay. March on Washington. I Do they know. have a
1: knit hat for that?
0: There's no. There's a There's a. a Boy Scout badge for it. But that's <laughs> I about could. it.
1: I'll meet you there. Meanwhile, um, can we talk about college? I've uh, been there, done that. College is very much on my brain because in the middle of, uh, you know, dealing with vaccinations and Omicron and boosters and blah, 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 blah. You know, you know, my son is graduating high school this year and is getting Go his Franklin. college. Yes, he is. He's getting his college acceptances right now. And it's all very exciting. Um, It's also very odd because, you know, of course, even though we're, you know, however many months away, part of the mental preparation of sending your kid to college is just kind of mentally picturing them being there. The problem is, I can't do that because we're in a fucking global pandemic. So it's very stressful to picture my kid being on a campus because it's kind of like, well, I don't know what the campus is going to do. And right. like, am I sending him into some kind of viral hotbed? Are we going to be on like what comes after Omicron? Omega? I don't uh, even know.
0: Psi Chi. Something I'm like that. I'm a terrible that. Greek.
1: Um, my you're yaya, a terrible Greek. I'm you, a terrible Greek. You should know this. You're my, Greek. So my yaya used to make me, I would come to, to Sunday dinner at her house and she would be like, alpha, beta, gamma, delta. And she would make me go through it. And like, I don't, I think I just lost interest and I was, a ter- I just really was a terrible Greek. Um, I mean, I remember the Hebrew alphabet and you should remember the Greek alphabet. I really should. I can remember. Let me know when they get to the variant called kukla. <laughs> <laughs> kukla is is uh it's greek for little doll and it's what uh, every little greek girl thinks their name is when they're. When oh they're, really yeah. oh yeah like i thought it was my name
0: fantastic <laughs> kukla but, nanos kukla,
1: exactly but but uh so anyway so you know college is very much on my mind and when we visited colleges uh, last summer, we learned that some colleges just, like, shut their whole shit down and the kids were nowhere near the campus. And other schools, typically larger schools, were a little bit more lax about it. And what's happening now is, you know, the kids came back to campus this semester for the most part. And schools, for the most part, had masking regulations. Some of them had um, vaccine mandates And there were very strict rules that you had to have a mask as soon as you left your room and all that kind of stuff. And what's happening is that it seems that some schools are making the move to become more strict. So there's a lot of schools that are now thinking about putting their final exams completely online, even though they were planned to be in the classroom. And several schools have canceled all in-person student gatherings for the rest of the semester.
0: What I don't understand and correct me if I'm misinterpreting what used to be and what they don't want to happen again, is the kids still go physically to the campus, but they never leave their dorms?
1: I think it depends on the school. So some schools were doing that where the kids were going to their dorms, staying in their dorms and taking online classes. But other schools, I know that the students came home to their to their houses and just did it remotely. So- I don't know. It seems like a mess, but I'm hearing like Middlebury College, which is a small school. They moved all their classes and final exams online for the whole rest of the semester. Um, University of Pennsylvania. They announced that they have one hundred and thirty three cases right now. And um, all indoor social events are canceled for the rest of the semester. And then there's like some larger schools like Cornell canceled all its student gatherings. Um, You know, we're really seeing and I feel like you can go. in in large part by what colleges do. It's often like a microcosm of what will happen at the state level, you know, at the local municipal level.
0: And I'm seeing here that the University of Rochester is banning
1: in-person holiday parties on campus. That's so sad. Terribly sad. This is total backwards. I mean, I don't know, but at the same time, you don't want to have a super spreader event just because you like had to have your holiday party.
0: Books trip to Sturgis, South Dakota. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Plus, you know, college students known to drink alcohol, you know, defenses down, masks down. So right. I get it that these schools are really trying to minimize, you know, and at, at the same time, many students, when they take their final exams, are taking those exams on a computer, whether or not they're in the classroom. Right. So if they're typing it on a computer, I mean, you could just type it from your own dorm room. There's no reason to risk everyone around you, I guess. It's just kind of it's making it. I don't disagree with what the schools are doing. It's just making me feel like, oh.
0: Now, I don't think we have the data, but I am hope the data exists that are all of these infections delta? What percentage might be Omicron? What percentage are people that have not been vaccinated? And what percentage of people have been vaccinated twice? And with a booster, there's so much unknown
1: calculus at stake here. I mean, they they do track that, don't they? I hope so. Do they track, like when you get tested, if you test positive for COVID, do they know at that point if it's Delta or Omicron or whatever?
0: I would imagine the report comes back. They would know to test it, if it's a PCR test, what it is. I mean, I I imagine
1: that too. My question is, are my imaginings reality or am I just imagining it? Help me, Howard. (laughs) I literally have no idea. Does anybody, do any of our listeners know, like, how does that shit work? Can somebody call and tell me? Because I feel like that's the information I want, and that's not anywhere.
0: Hang on. Let let me text Tony, see what he says.
1: Who are you texting? Tony. Who's
0: Tony? Tony Stark. No, Uh, Tony Fauci. (laughs) Oh, Tony. (laughs) I'm kidding. We just lost half our listeners. (laughs)
1: Did you see the amount of Anthony Fauci Christmas presents going around this year? No. It's unbelievable. There's Anthony Fauci um Christmas tree ornaments. There's That's all awesome. sorts of shit. Yeah. And it's like on both sides of the political aisle. So there's like Anthony Fauci is a hero Christmas swag. And then there's like Fauci's the devil Christmas ornaments. It's so weird. And I kind of feel like, oh, this poor guy. He was just a doctor. He's a, kind of an old man. And he's like, shit. Like now I have to be this now. I'm a Christmas ornament. Like, really? fauci
0: on a shelf it's got to be a thing
1: I, I saw it was it was no it was fauci on a couchie. fauci on a
0: couchie. <laughs> that's hysterical it that was really bad i'm swear to god like i did not retail, make that up retail Listen, geniuses
1: and I, I they just jump
0: on it they just jump on that shit speaking of the earth in perpetual doom our sermonet poll is right there With doom. to get the sentiments of doom doom from the 3 million doctors on the sherma platform
1: i have to tell you Normally, we do the sermo poll and I'm like, oh, these freaking sermo doctors are all over the place. Like even the things that I was 100 percent sure that 99 percent of them would think one way. And it's like 20 percent here, 30 percent there. Not today. Today, everybody seems to agree that things are a shit show.
0: Yeah. Do you are you alarmed by the Omicron variant? Two thirds. Yes.
1: And the remaining one third, like, you know, that they're just like, well, I don't get alarmed. Like, it's like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> This one shocked me. The question was, do you agree with the aggressive travel restrictions and border closures, which is a very controversial measure, right? Right. Right. 68% of the servo doctors said, yep, we agree with it. I'm shocked.
0: I'm I'm shocked, but not shocked in the sense that it's their job to err on the side of data and science and risk aversion.
1: That's true. I, I mean, and that is a good thing, right? Like, I want doctors to err on the side of risk aversion. I'm just surprised, given what I've known from people before, you know, how the poll came out. And it's kind of like, that doesn't sound good. You know, all these doctors, the majority of doctors, they agreed things should be shut down. And then we asked them, do you agree that the 32 variations in the spike protein? So does that mean, is that Omicron? These 32 variations In the Sprite
0: protein, like 7-Up protein? Oh, Spike, 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 like Spike. (laughs) Okay, Spike.
1: Could result in future surges. So I think that that's That's the Omicron variant. Like, do you agree that that could could result in future surges of COVID generally? And And, 88% said yes. Oh, that's so terrible. I I mean... But
0: the next one's confidence booster. Will vaccines provide protection against Omicron? 85% yes.
1: Okay, like, that's good. Okay, I don't understand why 100% of the people don't say yes. Like, we know that the vaccines help. Yes. Right, like, that's not a mystery. I didn't need this poll to... Like, I didn't need the doctors to tell me that it helps. I know it helps.
0: Well, it's the fifth dentist that uses Colgate instead of Crest.
1: Right, exactly. Do you agree that, that the last question was, do you agree that even vaccinated people should wear masks inside? And 84 percent of the doctors said, yeah, put those freaking masks on. So Right.
0: They reinstated the mask mandate here in New York City for indoors.
1: Right. I mean, and that doesn't bother me. I mean, I think that from what we know about COVID generally, it makes sense to wear masks indoors because that's going to slow the transmission. So if there's any risk, you might as well just throw the mask on and, and, you know, reduce that risk. So that that seems like good science to me. Right. But still, it seems like everybody's alarmed and I just don't like that. Matt, we're going to take a break now, but um, when we come back from the break, I, I need you to clear something up for me, okay?
0: Is this more doom stuff or is this I don't potentially know. It, less it's, doom?
1: It's really just a question. It's an Allura question. So when we come back from the break, I'm going to need you. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back. All right, hit me. What do you got? Okay, so I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna make myself sound really dumb right now, but I I need you here for me in my time of need. Are you recording
0: like a local access TV commercial? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I need to understand why is Bill Gates a central figure to the COVID pandemic. I don't understand what the hell he has to do with it.
0: Isn't he putting the chips and the stuff for us, like but... goes in our body and tracks us for satellite death?
1: Right. So like that was the conspiracy theory. But I honestly, I honestly do not understand how he became a figure of interest at all with respect to the pandemic.
0: Um, Maybe you have to be worth this much money to ride this ride.
1: I mean, there was no there's no like ground zero event that's like he did this having to do with vaccines and that's why everybody cares or like anything like that. Because it seems random to me, like why not Elon Musk, like why not some other rich guy like i don't I don't understand why anyone is specifically looking at Bill Gates I mean, and, if anything, let's go to Oprah right, like she seems to know everything
0: Dr dre's got money come on
1: i I don't right. understand it I, I mean so you have no answers for me, so that that was not helpful,
0: but I mean he's like the corporate Stephen Hawking, right? So what what role could he possibly play in all this besides a Nostradamus-like figure or a pseudo-Nostradamus-like figure? But he's not a Nostradamus-like figure.
1: Like figure when it comes to medical stuff. Like, No, he has, he's not. No, like, I, if you ask me about, like, ask Bill Gates, like, what's the next great operating system? I would understand why he's got relevant information to that. Windows back. 77. <laughs> I literally do not understand why he is a central figure here. However... Wait, so, well, what's he saying? <laughs> okay, so he just made a blog post. And, and like... What is funny to me is that Bill Gates's blog post made headlines. You know, he said this, he predicted stuff about COVID, and I was like, okay, I don't, I still don't understand why he would know any better than anybody else. But hey, I mean, he is a smart guy, um. So I guess we should look at what he has to say, and what he has to say is like sort of half good and half bad. Okay, okay. So he he made um five predictions. He he said he is optimistic yet worried, um, about twenty twenty two. And what he That's said next year? Well, it's like in a few weeks though. <laughs> like two weeks from now. He he predicted in his Nostradamus like way that the acute phase of COVID nineteen is going to come to an end in twenty twenty two. I mean, I should fucking hope so, but but there what it is
0: come? To, it's like saying. Let's end cancer. Like, what the hell does that mean? Right? I, I don't know. I don't know. What uh, does going to an phase? end"
1: mean? I, I don't know. He said not the acute phase. I don't know. Um, and this is what he says. He said, here's some re- great reasons. Number one, we've learned how to deal with variants, which is, is absolutely true. Th- this that is, is objectively true. true that we've learned a lot about the disease. We've learned about the variants. So, th- yes, that's important. Um, he says we've gotten really good at vaccines. And this, true. of course... Also rings very true to me, I was actually having a very informative conversation with a medical researcher friend of mine who said that um, there always has been good reason to trust mRNA vaccines prior to COVID, but basically there was no incentive to like ramp up mass production of these vaccines. And now, mm-hmm. because we've seen how effective they are, now we're going to see more mRNA vaccines used for other diseases, which is just all around a great thing. So, okay, that's good
0: yeah what's next
1: uh we're developing better treatments you know just today i think they announced that there are going to be a, there's going to be a pill on the market which this sort of did you hear about this it cracked me up yeah that there's going to be a pill on the market soon that you know to help you if you you know sort of like tamiflu is to flu as this thing is going to be to covid right um and it says it's going to make you take um 40 pills over 5 days what, what? Yeah, you don't know, like those cards where, it's, you know, when you're on steroids and it's like two before breakfast and one after lunch. And I always fuck it up, always.
0: That's like an enema of the north part of your body.
1: I was like, I don't understand. We're going to be I'm going to be taking a pill like every five seconds. Yeah. But OK. Wow. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's good. And Bill Gates also said, you know, we've also learned that mandates are good and that they, you know, they work, whether it's not a, lockdowns, th- mandates. <laughs> he might have said he, he said that. Uh,
0: Please tell me you didn't say lockdowns.
1: Actually, he did mention. That. Oh, God. But what he said was next time the world will be ready to deploy cheap and easy tools like masks much quicker and governments will have a greater understanding of how and when to deploy more burdensome strategies like lockdowns.
0: Uh, OK, I know I'll allow part of that.
1: Right. OK. And he did say though that people do not trust their governments and that this is a big issue. And that he thought that the there would be a much higher demand for vaccines, as did I, as did most of the people I know. I thought people would be like killing each other to get in line for the vaccines. It never occurred to me that half the country wouldn't get the vaccine. But so- I mean,
0: this also goes down to what he's missing here is people don't trust themselves either. And if the lockdowns in the last 18 months or two years have taught us anything, we're living on two planets, on the same planet. Yeah. And we're living in an age now of eugenics based on misinformation, disinformation, fake news, false cycles, and this nonstop bullshitting business model of the media to keep you scrolling for shit to make money on irrelevant stuff they feed you to confirm your own bias.
1: I'll see myself out now. That was a that was quite a mouthful. Yes, I don't I don't think I could quite do that with with the same panache as you just did.
0: <laughs> Maybe more a mellifluous angst.
1: That was a lot of angst. No, but it, I mean it's true. I, I think it's sort of comical that that he at no point mentioned anything like. And I did not put a microchip into people.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I, yeah. His absence of those words spoke volumes. Right. I, I really, I have to tell you, I really feel bad for the guy because everything I've ever read about Bill Gates seems like he's like kind of a decent fellow. Right. <laughs> and I feel like what the hell did this guy do to deserve, you know, being blamed for wanting to fit out the population? It's the most bizarre thing ever. Bizarre.
0: Um, All right. So, look. Total sidebar on yes. this. There's a phenomenal Bill Gates docu series called "Becoming Bill Gates." Oh, on I think or HBO or whatever. It, it really does go into the man. The man reads like 150 books a month. He does, and he physically carries like 20 pounds of books with him wherever he goes. He has he obviously his own, he doesn't like, have small children. <laughs> I don't know how old his has kids time are. Time to read 150. But books he a has month. his own like book Sherpa. And that person's job is to accompany him Stop everywhere it. he goes. No, he does not. With like, like forty pounds of books that he reads on his flights, on his breaks, he does nothing but read books. He's all never day, heard every of day. a Kindle. I, <laughs> he does not believe in Kindle. He likes to flip pages. That's his. He's little... gonna
1: have a guy carry his books around. That's if that is not the sign of success, I don't know what is. I really would like to revise my Christmas list. I am putting bookshop <laughs> on there. Like a, it's like a book, it really should be like a book caddy. It's a book caddy. You're right. It's exactly. It's a book caddy.
0: <laughs> that's this like the person, nerd. every plane, every flight. They they like they he he just went with him everywhere with this giant like wheelbarrow of books.
1: I would like a snack caddy. Yeah. <laughs> snack caddy. Cigar would, cigarettes. <laughs> that's what I would like. I would like where I'm just walking around and picking up my dry cleaning and somebody's like, Hey, want a peach? <laughs> 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 that's what I like. Want some crackers? <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, is there any several, I mean, all right, I'm going to agree with the positive parts here. If there's anything that's come out of this is that science works and the human genome project paved the way for this science to work in the fact that they can now sequence something in a matter of hours that would have normally taken five years to do a decade ago. So That's really incredible stuff. And to the point of like channeling the cancer universe and the rare disease universe, the same science they're using to sequence the DNA of these viruses is the same science they use to sequence your DNA to find out what cancer you have and what drug is right for you. It's the same exact thing. So if you get cancer and your doctor's like, we want to do a gene sequencing test on you to see what drug's right for you. Um, you're like, hell yeah, keep me alive. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to run a gene sequence on a virus to determine what vaccine's right for you, no, I don't
1: want that. Yeah, that's th- this isn't making me feel better, I have to tell you. Although, well, it's my takeaway supposed to be that science is good? I knew that already going into this today.
0: Uh, maybe it's just, uh, I don't know, we can create a little controversy we want on the show, but I, it's just my, if you're not going to follow the science... I feel bad if you've been manipulated by misinformation in the media. But if you're consciously choosing to ignore the data, ignore the science, and follow your own path, then you reap what you sow. And I'm sorry if anything happens to you. Again, we
1: are are anti-death, as we always say on the show. Two roads diverge in a wood, and you should take the one that the scientists are fucking on.
0: Yes. I'm going (laughs) to go with that. Okay.
1: On that note, Robert Frost sends his love.
0: Robert Frost always sends his love.
1: <laughs> How do we get to this part? I have no idea. I'm going to go stop by the woods on a snowy evening. All right. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Vaxon. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you back here next week. Bye,
2: Allura. See you
1: next week. Bye.
2: That's all for now. If you like Vaxon, be sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Tell us your shit show of a healthcare story by leaving a message for us at 855-AUDIO-66, and we might just use it in a future show. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Health. We are a healthcare engagement company built for patients and caregivers by patients and caregivers. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producer is Brianna Seely. Our hosts are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Brianna Seeley. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscriptnot.com. That's media at offscript.com. For more information, visit offscript.com.